2: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, January 10th, 2022. Coming up this hour,
3: Goldman ups its forecast for tightening from the Fed.
2: Economic forecasts fall prey to the Omicron variant as millions of workers call out sick.
3: The White House makes plans to impose export restrictions on Russia.
2: And earnings get underway this week with results from big banks.
4: The deadly blaze is being described as one of the worst fires in New York City modern history. Plus, tributes come in for comedian Bob Saget. I'm Mike Bar.
5: More ahead. I'm John Stash, in sports. The Jets and Giants lost as the NFL regular season ended. The Raiders, Steelers, and 49ers grabbed the last playoff spots. All straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, on Bloomberg 1130
6: New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business
3: App. And good morning, I'm John Tucker.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow and U.S. futures are little change this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Again, S&P futures are little change. So are Dow futures. NASDAQ futures are lower. And they're jumping around as well, down about 10 points right now. The DAX in Germany is down a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury down 830 seconds, yield 1.79 percent, and a yield on the two-year, 0.88 percent. John.
3: And Karen, Fed policy remains front and center. Last week's Fed Minutes and the U.S. Jobs Report were market-moving events. Now we have a big call on the future of interest rates. Let's get the latest from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita, good morning.
0: Good morning, John. Goldman Sachs expects the Fed to raise interest rates four times this year and begin the balance sheet runoff process in July. The firm had previously expected the balance sheet runoff to start in December, and it's all due to a stronger labor market and hawkish signs from those December minutes. Fed officials have been signaling a quicker move to tighten policy, and Goldman says that could lead to faster policy normalization than we've seen before. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Renita. Thank you. And inflation also remains in focus. And veteran investor Mark Mobius says traders are underpricing the risks. He tells us that the recent spike in Treasury yields has room to run.
7: I think they can go much, much higher. They've got to equal what we're seeing with inflation. At the end of the day, because people are not going to be buying Treasuries if they see that they're only getting two or three percent, but inflation is 10 percent. So at the end of the day, those rates have to go up.
2: Those comments from Mark Mobius come after hawkish minutes from the Fed's December meeting underscore the case for faster rate hikes.
7: And
3: speaking of inflation, it's the main event on this week's economic calendar. Here with more is Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice.
6: The Labor Department issues the consumer price index on Wednesday, and the data could put more pressure on the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates as soon as March. Bloomberg Economics says December
4: CPI will register a seven percent year-over-year increase as COVID nineteen related supply shortages persist, fueling worst inflation since the 1980s. This week's data on December producer prices and import prices will probably offer a similar narrative. Vinny
5: Dell, Judice Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Vinny, thank you. Well, economic forecasts are also falling prey to the Omicron variant. The new COVID strain is now posing a new test to growth, and Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story.
6: It is posing something on which employers have no control, absenteeism because of illness, people calling in sick. What started as a holiday flight cancellation has now become a reality in factories, grocery stores, and ports again, testing supply chains top to bottom. The widespread absenteeism is already constraining output, and several economists have downgraded their first quarter forecasts. How bad? How long? It may take several weeks to assess. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: Thanks, Ed. On Capitol Hill, Democrats are pushing for another round of virus aid. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says that could add relief aid to a package to government funding legislation.
2: Now, the
0: administration has not made a formal request for more funding, uh, but it is clear from the opportunity that is there and, the uh, again, the challenge that is there from the uh, resilience of this virus.
3: Speaker Pelosi making the comments on Face the Nation from CBS heard Sundays on Bloomberg Radio.
2: Some interesting data on vaccines coming out of Asia this morning. John, Singapore says it saw the fewest deaths among those with Moderna's vaccine and the most deaths among those with Sinovac shot. Nearly 70% of the 800 virus deaths recorded in the city-state last year were among unvaccinated individuals.
3: And geopolitics also in focus this morning ahead of meetings between the U.S. and Russia. The White House and U.S. allies may impose export restrictions on Moscow if Vladimir Putin seizes more of Ukraine. They're discussing limits on sensitive technology and electronics. Today in Geneva, senior American and Russian officials begin talks aimed at easing tensions over Ukraine. Here's Secretary of State Anthony Blinken.
8: I don't think we're going to see any, uh, any breakthroughs in the, coming, uh, in the coming week. We're going to be able to put things on the table. The Russians will do the same, uh, both directly with us at NATO, at the OSCE, uh, and we'll see if there
3: are grounds for, uh, for moving forward. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken making the comments on CNN's State of the Union.
2: Turning to the markets now, John, we have a bullish call from Julian Emanuel. The Evercore ISI strategist says the S&P 500 is likely to end the year at 5100 as the pandemic becomes an endemic by mid-year. That's about a ten percent increase from current levels. Emmanuel says fifty five hundred is also possible. His downside target is just south of thirty six hundred if the pandemic is prolonged or there's a hangover from spending and debt.
3: And meantime current earnings season kicks off in earnest on Wall Street this week with more. Here's Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Banks will be
8: front and center with reports Friday from J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup and Wells Fargo. They come as investors debate the strength of the economy and the Federal Reserve's next policy moves. Seema Shaw is chief strategist at Principal Global Investors.
2: Look, when we think about equities, we've got to think about rates, but we've also got to think about earnings. And the outlook that we have for 2022 is still a very solid recovery. It's still a very strong economic environment.
8: Among some of the other names scheduled to report this week, Delta Albertsons, Infosys,
3: and KB Home. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Charlie. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street this Monday, futures are mixed. The Dow futures up 21 points. S&P futures, they're up two points right now. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq, those futures down 10.5 points right now. As for Treasuries, the benchmark 10-year yield, it is up two basis points right now at 1.78%. The two-year at 0.87%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And where it's 5.07 right now. Let's get news from around the world. Here's Bloomberg's Michael Barnes.
4: John, thank you very much. At least 19 people were killed in New York City yesterday in a high-rise apartment fire. Officials say the fire in the Bronx also injured at least 63 people. New York Mayor Eric Adams.
5: It's a very significant moment to have uh, just the unification of our city uh, during this time of of a tragedy.
4: Mayor Eric Adams, as investigators say, the cause of the blaze was a malfunctioning space heater in an apartment on the third floor. New York City Fire Commissioner Daniel Nigro tells us many people are fighting for their lives because of smoke inhalation.
6: The door to that apartment, unfortunately, when the residents left, was left open. It did not close by itself. The smoke spread throughout the building. Uh, Thus, the tremendous loss of life and other people fighting for their lives right now uh, in hospitals all over the Bronx.
4: Commissioner Nigro says nine of the deaths were children. Republican Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, one of former President Donald Trump's closest allies in Congress, has rejected a request for an interview by the House panel investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. In a letter to the committee chairman, Jordan says the American people are tired of Democrats non-stop investigations and partisan witch hunts. Republican Senator Ron Hunt uh, said that he will, Ron Johnson said that he will seek a third term in 2022. Johnson, a staunch supporter of former President Donald Trump, opposes COVID-19 vaccination and mask mandates. New York Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tested positive for COVID-19. According to her office, Ocasio-Cortez, who is fully vaccinated, has had a booster shot and is experiencing symptoms and is recovering at home. Tributes are pouring in for comedian Bob Saget. He played father Danny Tanner on the sitcom Full House. It's Mr. Carr.
5: (laughs) What does Mr. Carr say?
9: You're right. He doesn't say anything.
4: Saget was found dead yesterday in his Orlando, Florida hotel room. Bob Saget, who was on a stand-up tour, was 65. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120
3: countries. Michael Barr, this is Bloomberg, John. All right, Michael, thank you very much. And it's coming up on 510 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And here's John Stashower.
5: Thanks, John. The NFL regular season is over. Thankfully for the Jets and Giants, they both went 4-13. and 13. The Jets, like last week, were at least in their game. Trailed the Bills by only three midway through the fourth quarter. Buffalo went on to win 27-10 to 10 to clinch the AFC East. The Jets will go to next season. Unsure how good a quarterback they have. Rookie Zach Wilson yesterday completed only seven passes. The Jets will have the fourth and tenth picks of the draft. The Giants will have the fifth and eighth picks. They will clearly be looking to improve an offense so inept. The Giants on a third and nine yesterday ran a quarterback sneak rather than risk a turnover. They lost to Washington 22-7. to They lost their last six games and only once did they score more. 10 points. The regular season ended last night in Las Vegas. The Chargers came from 15 down in the last five minutes to force overtime. But the Raiders kicked a field goal on the final play to win 35-32. Had the game ended in a tie, both teams would have made the playoffs. Instead, only the Raiders do. They'll play Cincinnati. The Chargers are out. The Steelers are in. Headed for Kansas City. New England will play Buffalo. The NFC matchups are Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, the 49ers in Dallas, Arizona at the LA Rams. NBA overtime in Brooklyn, the Nets' first home win since mid-December. They beat the Spurs 121-119. The Warriors beat the Cavs and Klay Thompson's first game in two and a half years. A judge in Australia reinstated Novak Djokovic's visa. As of now, he can play the upcoming Australian Open, but the government could still take further action against him. An historic hire by the Yankees, 34-year-old Rachel Balkovic will manage the Yankees' Class A minor league team in Tampa. First female to have such a job. John Stachauer, Bloomberg Sports. John?
3: All right, John. Thanks very much. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street futures in the green right now, not by much. The uh, Nasdaq futures have just turned positive up to six points. S&P futures six points higher. And the Dow futures right now, they're up 44 points. We'll preview the opening uh, uh, on Wall Street this morning with Lori Calvicina in just a few minutes. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak being brought to you by The Breakers. This winter, a warm welcome awaits, awaits you. The Breakers is committed to making your stay even better with exceptional experiences, gracious service, unparalleled seaside glamour. Learn more. Visit TheBreakers.com. Markets, headlines,
6: and breaking news 24 hours a day at
3: Bloomberg.com,
6: the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index futures have turned higher this morning. Investors are bracing for bond market volatility as well as stimulus withdrawal, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up about 7 points, Dow futures up 45, and NASDAQ futures up 13. The DAX in Germany is down about a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds, yields 1.77%. Yield on the two-year, .86%. Nymex crude oil is up two-tenths percent or 14 cents at $79.03 a barrel. Comex gold up a tenth of a percent or two dollars at $17.99.30 an ounce. The euro, 1.1331 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3592 and the yen's at 115.59. Bitcoin this morning moving lower at $41,900. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning.
4: Good morning, Karen. In New York, a malfunctioning space heater sparked a fire that filled a high-rise Bronx apartment building with thick smoke Sunday morning, killing 19 people, including nine children. An Australian judge has reinstated tennis star Novak Djokovic's visa, which was canceled last week because he is unvaccinated. Final week of the regular NFL season. The Giants lost to Washington 22-7. The Jets lost 49ers in the playoffs after beating the Rams 27-24. Patriots lost to the Dolphins, but still advanced. Steelers are in the postseason after beating the Ravens 16-13. Round one playoffs. Raiders and Bengals, Patriots and Bills, Eagles and Bucks, 49ers and Cowboys, Steelers and Chiefs, Cardinals and Rams, Packers and Titans get first-round buys. In the NBA, the Nets, Wizards and Warriors won. Global News. 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg junk
3: Michael, thank you. It is 520 on Wall Street. We are live for the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. And this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get you set up for the trading day ahead. Futures inching upward. The S&P 500 did post the worst start to a year since 2016. Uh, we're joined now by Lori Calvesini head of US equity strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Hey Lori, thanks for being with us. Happy New Year to you. What's your overall thought on the markets? Uh tech stocks bearing the brunt of the sell-off of the first week of uh, 2022 trading with a, a hawkish tilt from the Fed. Um, cheaper stocks going to outperform the more expensive ones?
10: Hi, well, thanks for having me as always. It's great to be here. Look, I, I think that last week a lot of things that we had been expecting to play out early, in the early part of 2022 did play out so perhaps a bit more fiercely than even we'd anticipated. And, you know, I think it's important to understand that there are different markets here that look at the Fed and the equity market at least seems to be lagging in terms of its understanding of what the Fed is going to do this year. So I think that's one of the reasons for the ferocity of the move last year of last week, rather, and the unwind in tech. If you go back to right before the holidays in December, we did a poll of equity investors and we found that 54 percent were still anticipating liftoff by the Fed in 2Q of this year. So The idea of March hikes coming into play, I know that's been popular in fixed income circles for a while, but it is something the equity market's been late to digest, and I think that's frankly just one of the reasons why we've seen this ferocious unwind in tech stocks because, as you mentioned, when rates are rising, expensive stocks underperform, and tech is where the most expensive valuations are, even after the route we saw last
3: week. Uh, we got the forecast from Goldman Sachs this morning for rate rises this year. What's your view?
10: Um, I think that's similar to what our economists have been talking about. I mean, they were telling us back in early December, frankly, that, you know, they thought there was a 50-50 chance of a March hike. And our rate strategy team had been saying, uh, that they thought the Fed was on a more aggressive tightening path than, the, than the, the market understood. They've been saying that for quite some time as well. Um, so it's not really that much of a shock to us. But again, I do think there's some additional digestion that the equity market, um, is going to have to do. So I don't think that this, you know, this, this, this route in tech, frankly, uh, doesn't seem to me like it's done yet.
8: Uh,
3: is there any thought that maybe the projections for the rate rises might be overdone, that the hawkish tilt might not be as hawkish and that could actually wind up being a positive for risk assets?
10: Well, you know I've been hearing equity investors you know since you know my December meetings where we've really been focusing on the year ahead outlook questioning whether or not the Fed should be so aggressive. and there's been a couple of things that people have pointed to in my conversations at least. One has been the economic disruption from Omicron, and that's not to say people are bearish on the economic outlook, but just saying there's a certain fragility. Um, that they've been surprised that the Fed would want to get so aggressive in the middle of. um, You know, sort of wait and see how it plays out is what a lot of people have told me. Others, frankly, have said, look, we expect inflation to start to moderate later this year. We expect supply chain pressures to moderate by midyear. Why does the Fed need to be so aggressive if that's already set to happen? Um, So I think that's really what a lot of equity investors have been struggling with and why they've been behind the curve, so to speak.
3: Uh, a new year, start of another earnings season. What uh, among the things you'll be watching for to maybe indicate a broader trend?
10: So, you know, it's interesting. We always start out with the financials, and the financials have had quite a run heading into this reporting season, so I'd say the bar is pretty high there. Um, but, you know, putting the financials aside, you know, I'm looking to see what the color is on demand, what's the color on supply chain, and the timing of improvement. Is COVID and the Omicron wave delaying that? And pricing power. Um, Our analysts have come into this year very comforted by the fact that that their companies can manage through Omicron and that pricing power is strong to combat supply chain and inflation pressures. Um, But we do need to see if that is continuing to hold in this latest commentary.
3: All right, time to put you on the spot with uh, some projections year-end for S&P 500. Are you still uh, sticking to um, your year-end projections?
10: We're still sticking to the 5,050 target. Um, We've had that in place for quite some time. Um, It actually, we had put our targets out early last year, and so we did revise it earlier to that number already. Um, And look, I think bottom line, it still sends the message we want to send, which is that this is going to be an up year in the stock market. We don't think it's going to be as easy um, as what we got last year. We're not surprised by the early year volatility, but the good news is this volatility is coming early in the year, and there's time to recover from it.
3: Yeah, uh, what's the biggest risk you see at this moment?
10: So, you know, I have been concerned about the quantitative tightening talk. Um, That was not something that was on our radar a few months ago. It's something we have had to rapidly pull under our radar. Um, I think that and the multiple compression that you do often see uh, with rate height cycles is something to keep in mind. We've been anticipating a very strong earnings backdrop to offset that. um, But I do think that's really probably where the risk is.
3: Always a pleasure. Thank you. Lori Calvacina, head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets, with us this Monday morning. Dow futures right now 17 points higher. S&P futures a point higher. And the NASDAQ futures, they've been fluctuating of in and out of gains right now 11 points lower for the NASDAQ futures. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And the Bloomberg weather for today, mostly sunny, breezy, colder, the high temperature about 30. Tonight, partly cloudy, chance of snow showers during the evening, breezy, much colder after midnight, the lows dipping down into the mid-teens. Broadcasting live
6: from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studio in New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 99.1, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. <laughs>
3: It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning, I'm John Tucker.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures are little changed this morning to start the week. The S&P 500 is down 1.9 percent so far this year, and that's the worst start since 2016. The tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 is down 4.5 percent. It all comes as traders anticipate higher interest rates, and Goldman Sachs is ramping up its forecast on that front. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us now with more.
0: Karen, Goldman Sachs expects the Fed to raise interest rates four times this year and begin the balance sheet runoff process in July. That's moved up from a previous forecast of December. It's all because of a stronger labor market and hawkish signs from the central bank's latest meeting. Goldman says the Fed is set to normalize policy faster than we've ever seen before. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: All right, thanks, Renita. Treasury yields, they continue to climb, with a 10-year benchmark moving closer to 2%. Garfield Reynolds covers rates for Bloomberg News.
7: Mm. 2% can come in this quarter, and if it does bust through that 2%, it could go significantly higher before anybody calls a halt because there's a little bit too much complacency out there about just how far, how far.
3: Bloomberg's Garfield Reynolds says this week's reports on inflation, CPI on Wednesday, PPI on Thursday will be key for the bond market.
2: And geopolitics is also in focus this morning, John, ahead of meetings between the U.S. and Russia. Bloomberg News has learned the White House and U.S. allies may impose export restrictions on Moscow if Vladimir Putin seizes more of Ukraine. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo.
10: So far, you know, some of the lines that we've gotten here is pretty much the same kind of mood music that we've heard for weeks now, kind of saying, you know, the United States, there's two ways here, one in which Russia de-escalates and we go for a diplomatic solution. If there's no diplomatic uh, solution, to the Ukraine tension, then we could see immediate and huge, massive repercussions on the Russian economy. And of course, Russia still playing this very tough saying, we're not going into talks to concede.
2: And Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo says talks are ongoing in Geneva. They'll be followed by NATO meetings in Brussels later this week. S&P futures, that'll change this morning. So are Dow futures, NASDAQ futures down 14 now. So they've been moving around a bit this morning. The DAX in Germany is down about a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 430 seconds, yield 1.77 percent. Yield on the two-year point, 086 percent. And Bitcoin this morning at $41,900. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines. Plus, a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg.
3: Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, and let's bring in Michael Barnow with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world.
4: John, thank you very much, sir. New York Mayor Eric Adams says it's one of the worst fires in modern city history.
5: Nineteen deaths. Nine of them are children, are babies that we lost And we're all feeling this, and we're going to be here for this community.
4: Adam says the blaze that broke out at a high-rise apartment building in the Bronx also injured at least 63 people. New York Governor Kathy Hochul.
0: We are indeed a city in shock. To see it in a mother's eyes as I held her, who lost her entire family.
4: New York Fire Commissioner Daniel Nigro.
6: The marshals have determined through physical evidence and through first-hand accounts by the residents that this fire started in a bedroom in a portable electric heater.
4: Commissioner Nigro says the blaze began in a third-floor apartment and smoke quickly spread. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York has tested positive for COVID-19. According to her office, Ocasio-Cortez, is fully vaccinated and had a booster shot, is experiencing symptoms and recovering at home. Ohio Representative Jim Jordan indicated that he won't voluntarily testify to the House Committee investigating the riot at the U.S. Capitol, writing the inquiry isn't fair-minded and objective. In a letter to committee chairman Benny Thompson, the Ohio Republican says the committee's request that he appear is far outside the bounds of any legitimate inquiry, violates core constitutional principles, and would serve to further erode legislative norms. Jordan is one of former President Donald Trump's congressional allies and has publicly acknowledged talking on the phone with Trump January 6th as rioters stormed the Capitol. Bob Saget, the actor-comedian known for his role in Full House and host of America's Funniest Home Videos, died while on a stand-up tour. Detectives who found Saget's body in Orlando, Florida, in a hotel room say there were no signs of foul play or drug use. Bob Saget was 65. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr.
3: This is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you. And it's coming up at 5.36 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashower.
5: All right, John, with season ending losses, the Jets and Giants both finished 4 and 13, so they get high draft picks. The Jets also own Seattle's pick, and the Giants have Chicago's. So the two New York teams together own four of the top 10 picks. Both teams need plenty of help. The Giants need a ton of help on offense. They lost to Washington. 22-7, 22-7, Antonio Gibson ran for 146 yards. The Giants only had 177 total, only 10 first downs. Jake Fromm did have a TD pass, but also a fumble. Two interceptions, one of them returned for a score. Giants lost their last six, all by double digits. Five of the six were by more than two touchdowns. And now, general manager Dave Gettleman, certain to leave his four-year record, was 19-46. It's not known of Coach Joe Judge keeps his job. Jets lost in Buffalo 27-10, so a 6-27 record of the last two seasons. The playoffs begin Saturday with Las Vegas at Cincinnati. The Raiders beat the Chargers last night 35-32 on a field goal on the last play of overtime. A tie would have meant both teams got in. Instead, Chargers are out, Steelers are in. They play at Kansas City. New England will go to Buffalo. The NFC matchups are Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. The 49ers in Dallas and Arizona at the L.A. Rams. Alabama looks to make it seven national championships in the last 13 years. Crimson Tide beat Georgia last month in the SEC championship game. They'll play again tonight. Indianapolis, Georgia actually a slight favorite. Overtime in Brooklyn. Nets beat the Spurs 121-119. to 119. A judge in Australia reinstated Novak Djokovic's visa. As of now, he's free to play the upcoming Australian Open. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. John?
3: John, thanks very much. 537 on Wall Street. Yeah, and that means it's time for the Tri-State Business Report. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Ed Corey. The Port of New York and New Jersey is working to clear a small
9: bottleneck of container ships off the coast of Long Island as COVID-19 cases among dock workers collide with a surge in cargo. The average weighted anchorage for container ships was 4.8 days in the final weeks of 2021, compared with an average of 1.6 days for all of last year. Connecticut will replace diesel-powered school buses with electric vehicles by 2035. The Connecticut Post reports it will be a massive undertaking, requiring not only the replacement of the current fleet of buses, but the construction of recharging stations to power them up. Provident Bank has elevated Anthony LaBazetta to the title of president and CEO, He was previously Director, President, and Chief Operating Officer of the Jersey City-based Bank and Provident Financial Services, its holding company. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report.
3: I'm Ed Corey. Ed thanks 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in now with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Potusk. And on 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about the port of New York
4: and New Jersey hustling to cut into a rare bottleneck of container ships.
0: I'm Courtney
2: Dunahoe on KFAB in Omaha. Soaring fertilizer prices, which have driven up food inflation, have finally tumbled.
0: I'm Caroline on Bloomberg DAB, Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on the government's new solution to the cladding disaster. House builders will have to pay into a four billion pound cladding fund.
9: I'm Ed Corey on WWF UJA in Detroit. I'm reporting. General Motors has agreed to recognize California's
3: authority to set its own policies on vehicle emissions. And those are some of these stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 5:39 on Wall Street. The
8: following is an editorial
3: from Bloomberg Opinion.
8: This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. The new year brought an unprecedented wave of protests to the Central Asian nation of Kazakhstan. In response, the country's president claimed his government was under attack by terrorist groups that had received extensive training abroad. In fact, ordinary Kazakhs have enough reason of their own to be angry. The government would be better off addressing their legitimate grievances, both economic and political, instead of trying to suppress them. Worryingly, the Kazakh president has taken a hardline approach, calling in troops from Russia and issuing a shoot kill order against protesters this move will certainly backfire one thing the demonstration should have taught Kazakh leaders is the danger of not listening to their own people this editorial was written by the Bloomberg editorial board for more Bloomberg opinion please go to bloomberg.com slash opinion or opin go on the Bloomberg terminal
3: this has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time. Terminal customers. You can read more at OPIN Go. This is Bloomberg. And the forecast for meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Burr. Mostly sunny, breezy, colder. Highs about 30. Now partly cloudy tonight. Some snow showers possible. Breezy. Much colder after midnight. The low temperature dipping down to 15. Markets, headlines,
6: and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow. And stocks in Europe are steady. U.S. stock index futures are little changed. Investors bracing for bond market volatility and stimulus withdrawal. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg right now, S and P futures again little change. So are Dow futures. Nasdaq futures are lower, down about two tenths of a percent or twenty four points. The Dax in Germany is down a tenth of a percent. The ten year Treasury down two thirty seconds, yield one point seven seven percent. Yield on the two year 0.86 percent. Imex crude oil is down a tenth of a percent or 10 cents at $78.79 a barrel. Comex gold up a tenth of a percent or $2 at $17.99.40 an ounce. The euro 1.1328 against the dollar. British pound 1.3583. The yen's at 115.58. And bitcoin this morning at $41,900. That's down about nine-tenths of a percent. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
4: Karen, thank you very much. At least 19 people were killed in New York City Sunday in a high-rise apartment fire in the Bronx. Investigators say a malfunctioning space heater sparked the blaze. Chicago school leaders are canceling classes for a fourth day. The dispute continues with the Teachers Union over remote learning and COVID-19 protocols. In the final week of the regular NFL season, the Giants lost to Washington. The Jets lost. The 49ers are in the playoffs after beating the Rams. The Patriots lost to the Dolphins, but still advanced. The Ravens lost to the Steelers. Round one playoff games, Raiders and Bengals, Patriots and Bills, Eagles and Bucks, 49ers and Cowboys, Steelers and Chiefs, Cardinals and Rams, Packers and Titans get buys. In the NBA, the Nets, Wizards and Warriors won. An Australian judge has reinstated tennis star Novak Djokovic's visa, which was canceled last week because he is unvaccinated. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John.
3: Michael, thank you. 549 on Wall Street. We're live for the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. On the virus front, the latest numbers have worldwide cases exceeding 300.6 million. Deaths have surpassed 5.48 million people. Let's get an update now from Gigi Granville, professor at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, joining us this morning. Professor, happy new year, uh, the new year to you. Thank you very much for being with us this morning. We have numerous reports of hospitals across the country being understaffed as more workers uh, get COVID. Can you give us uh, a, an update from where you stand, just how dire things are at this point?
1: Yes I mean much of the the serious situation is really because we have um so many unvaccinated people um and because uh omicron is good at infecting people who are vaccinated. It doesn't cause nearly as severe de- disease as um as f- in people who are unvaccinated, but it is taking people out of the workforce it's making them ill, and so it's creating um it's making a bad situation worse because we've been in this for. Uh, nearly two years now
3: you know where there are deaths in the vaccinated it seems the bulk of them are with non-mRNA vaccines is is that clear to you and is it uh, pretty clear at this point that the the type of vaccine really does matter
0: the
1: mRNA vaccines have had really amazing efficacy and so um for people who have had the Johnson Johnson uh one dose vaccine it's recommended that you get a booster and a booster with um well get an additional dose and then a, maybe a booster on top of that uh you know to get the the full mRNA uh vaccine update because um it definitely has uh higher efficacy yes
3: we had a report this morning on Bloomberg. Uh, there's a Cypriot scientist defending his assertion that there's a new strain of COVID-19 existing out there. It combines the characteristics of the Delta and Omicron variants. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Um, there's a lot of controversy over that assertion, so let's wait and see. We've got enough problems on the table to start, you know, before in, uh, getting some more on the
6: table. <laughs>
3: Yeah it's just, I wonder where we go from here from from your perspective in, in terms of getting people vaccinated new variants what should we expect at this point
1: well, I mean, every time the virus replicates, is an opportunity for for more variants to form. And so, um, you know, you don't want to uh, be all doom and gloom, but, you know, Omicron may not be the last one. And so we need to think about this as being, uh, have a longer term strategy. People need to get vaccinated. Children need to get vaccinated. And if I could wave a magic wand, I would, I would uh, vaccinate all the K through um, 12 children right now so that they are better protected. Um, And also, I would uh, I would make everyone who has not had a booster shot, you know, make that appointment Um, that those are some of the best things that you can do right now to protect yourself.
3: The uh, there are uh, the uh, being exposed to SARS uh, COVID uh, two the virus doesn't always result in infection. We've been keen to understand why any any thoughts on that?
1: Yes. Just the other day, I spoke to a 95-year-old man who had been boosted and who tested positive and was really annoyed with with his family who wouldn't let him go to work. So, you know, everybody's experience is a little bit different. Um, uh, Unfortunately, some people, um, even with the vaccine, um, have had um, more serious cold, more cold-like flu-like symptoms. Um, But, you know, uh, it is definitely variable. People have uh, different immune responses, and people are exposed to different uh, amounts of the virus as well. So there are too many variables to really tease apart, but Omicron does appear to be milder for people who are vaccinated than not.
3: Yeah, and and in terms of public policy uh, at this point, what would you like to see from the government?
1: Well, I think um, much has been made about the availability of testing, and we need to have better testing and people need to get the results faster that's for sure but we um, the vaccine uh, we need to have more people um, you know promoting it um, it's It really is life saving and uh, it could help our hospitals um, not be so overwhelmed. The other thing uh, we need to do is, is make sure to give the support all we can to, to hospitals and, uh, because right now this is, uh, this is too much of a crash on, on them, and, and it's been going on for too long.
3: Suzy, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Suzy Granville, professor at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Karen?
2: All right, John, thank you. It is 5.54 on Wall Street. Time for our daily Bloomberg Law Brief, exploring legal issues in the news. And today we're looking at the sentencing of Elizabeth Holmes. The youngest female self-made billionaire faces as long as 20 years behind bars after being found guilty of fraud at Theranos, the blood-testing startup she founded. But the 37-year-old is likely to appeal her conviction. For more on the case, June Grasso speaks to Bloomberg legal reporter Joel Rosenblatt. So now we assume she's going to appeal.
10: Sitting through the trial, did you notice any points, any obvious points of appeal?
7: This to me is a very interesting question and a very important point. The short answer is no. I think there's nothing for her to appeal here. The judge went out of his way to let Elizabeth Holmes and the government hash out differences in the middle of trial. He allowed the defense to raise every argument that they wanted to, to the point where it got long, yet the judge just let it play out kind of very slowly and very carefully. And I think that this was very specifically designed to not allow for any issues to appeal. And the way the verdict broke down with her being acquitted on some charges, found guilty on others, and a deadlock jury on three counts indicates that they walked through the counts one by one, very carefully, mapped out the verdict form, what they were required to do under the rules. And I think that time that they spent on that and how carefully they worked through it makes for, I think, zero issue on appeal.
10: She's facing 20 years on each count, but that's not going to happen. So what might the sentence be?
7: Well, as you know, he has some leeway within the guidelines but she is going to spend time in prison for sure. My early assessment was that she would spend being a first time offender and a white collar criminal probably between 3 and 5 years. A closer look at that and some conversation with experts tells me something different. One of the counts was for 100 million dollars she was found guilty of in one instance defrauding an investor of 100 million dollars. The money matters and it bumps up by statute The amount of time that she may end up serving. And I think she's going to spend a minimum of five years in prison and maybe even a bit more.
10: And most likely will she be held in one of those cushy minimum security prison camps like the so-called Camp Cupcake
7: That's right. I mean, as far as prisons go, it's going to be a comfortable setting. There's a lot of speculation that she, you know, would have time to write a book or a screenplay. It'll be a big change for her, though. Even after Theranos, she has had a baby with Billy Evans, who's an heir to a hotel fortune. And you can tell just during trial, she is being picked up in a car and driven to an estate where she's staying and living a very extremely luxurious lifestyle. That's going to be gone.
2: And that's Bloomberg Legal Reporter Joel Rosenblatt speaking with June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Futures this morning. S&P futures are little changed. So are Dow futures and NASDAQ futures are lower, down about 44 points The 10-year Treasury, down 3.30 seconds, yield 1.77%, and the yield on the two-year, 0.86%. NYMEX crude oil, little change, down 5 cents at $78.85 a barrel. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg.
0: The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th,